and speak to you now in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the precious Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please, folks, be seated, but don't get comfortable. For those of you whom I haven't met yet, my name is Paul Crossland, and um, I'm the Archdeacon of Central Canada, uh, or so my business card tells me. The Archdeaconry is in excess of 758,000 square miles. So, you know, vehicles get worn out, rear ends get tired, but not the voice and not the message. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. Him crucified, risen, and ascended, and will come back one day to claim his bride. I want to bring you greetings today from places you've never heard of and places you'll never go. But I want you to know that the Lord does not have horizons. Now, we have horizons, but the Lord does not. And so he has put us in places right across North America, brought us together under the banner of Jesus Christ. So distance really doesn't matter. Location has nothing to do with it. The thing that matters is that we are together. We are one in Christ. And so I want to bring you greetings from Good Shepherd House, Sioux Lookout, Ontario. Huh, you say, now where is Ontario? Well, I'm not sure. I think if you go straight north of here, you'll run into it. Good Shepherd House is a street ministry that is in its second, third year now to indigenous people, that is to the native people of northwestern Ontario. It's a street ministry where we hand out clothes, hand out the good news, work with children. It's an area that is riven with evil. The ministry that goes on there with Reverend Bob and Reverend Marion uh, Bryce uh, is a ministry that is right out there in the forefront of war, uh, spiritual warfare. There are many, many, many people in that area who hate, who hate Christians. And so, you know, please remember Bob and Marion in your prayers, they're they, they are continually uh, facing a stiff opposition from uh, those who believe strongly in native religion. Also bring you um, greetings from the parish of St. Bede, Kinnesota. St. Bede, Kinnesota is a parish that, for us, is an old parish, uh, 170 years old. And uh, Kinnesota is on the western shore, of Lake Manitoba. Lake Manitoba this year has endured some awful flooding. We've actually been in a flood situation since May the, uh, April the 6th when the state of emergency was declared. I'm just now getting over it. I want to bring you greetings from the Church of the Redeemer, Dauphin, which is one of the churches that I pastor personally. And the church of the resurrection, Brandon, where I live. Um, a new church, a Grace Anglican Church in the city of Calgary, Alberta, uh, which is the home of the famous Stampede, the largest rodeo in North America. Anybody here from Texas? Well, we outdone you this time. Okay. And from a project uh, in Athabasca, Alberta, northern Alberta, 
and from a project that has just begun in the city of Winnipeg, Manitoba. So there you are. Now you've heard all about us. We live in a climate of extremes. In the summertime this year, I mean, we were well into, I think, 45, 47 degrees Celsius, which is 130. Fair enough. In the wintertime, we can be down in the minus 50s. So, you know, we're, we, we live in a place of extremes. Uh, but nevertheless, God has gifted us and blessed us, and we are able to carry on the message which he, he died uh, for, which Jesus died for, that could go out to the rest of the world. Let me begin this afternoon now. I've got that out of the way with this. I'm going to paraphrase for you. Um, I hope you don't mind, Archdeacon. This is from the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. And I'm going to put it in the present text. When I come to you, my brothers and sisters, I come to you not with elegance or superior wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolve to know nothing while I'm with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I come to you in weakness and in fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching are not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. We speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understand it, for if they do, they would not, have, they would not continue to crucify the Lord of glory. And so I come to you asking you to do something. First of all, it's a long time since I've been in a place that had so many clergy all at once. In fact, the ratio is, oh, never mind. But I'm going to ask you to do something, please. I, I, all of you, all of you. And that is to pray for every member of your clergy every single day. Every day. I had a colleague of mine a number of years ago. He came to me and he said, he was really distressed. And he said, I, I'm in, I have a problem. He said, the warden, my warden has just come to me and said, if everybody prays for you as much as I do, you're dead in the water. We are on the forefront of the battle line. And we need your prayers. We are human beings and we face the enemy continually. Pray for your clergy, their spouses, and their children. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Please. If you will do that, they will be uh, blessed indeed. Now, now I've said that. Let me get to you. Let me ask you a question, my friends. If today this church ceased to exist, would the community miss it? And how long would they miss it for? Would they miss it for a month, two months, three months, four months, and then it would drift into sort of the past? Would it become part of the history of the area? 
I believe, and you believe, that God wants this place to be a beacon, to be an outpost, even if it's not in this building. You say, we're the church, not this. We're the church. And so, would the community miss us if we folded up our tent and sort of said, Lord, this has been too much, it's been too hard, we can't survive. And what would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. There are souls out there who would not get to know about the lifesaver, Jesus Christ. I'm calling on you again. I'm calling on you. One of the things you know about visiting clergy is they can say stuff and they get on a plane or get in the car and they leave. You know? And then then after about three weeks, some, someone will say, uh, Father Michael, you know that jerk that was here from that foreign country? Remember, did you really believe what he had to say to us? And he will answer you, of course, my child. Listen to this. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine. Are you holy, the saviors, yet? I mean, we sang it together, as well as this wonderful choir back here. Well, we sang it. I heard you. I saw lips moving. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine, till all this earthly part of me glows with thy fire divine. Are we glowing? with the fire of the Spirit. Are we glowing? Are we on fire? Are we pew-sitters and church-goers, or are we disciples? I can't answer for you. You're the only ones that can answer. Your clergy cannot answer for you. Man, we all have to stand before the Lord. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with thee the perfect life that perfect life found in Christ Jesus, even for sinners like myself and you. But yet we are called to glow with the fire divine. When we go out of here this afternoon, are you going to be, are your faces going to be alive? Remember the way Moses' face came alive. Are your faces going to be alive out there? Are you going to say, thank goodness that was over. Gosh, I missed my nap this afternoon. It's up to you. I can't make you do it. These folks can't make you do it. Jesus won't make you do it. You have to want to do it. You have to want to be alive and not alive just for a short time, but alive in the Spirit and eventually alive forever. Isn't that what our reward will be? Eternal life. That's the message folks need to hear. I mean, how many people today are depressed on the 10th anniversary? We cannot relate, honestly. When that happened, my wife and I, I I had the day off, and we happened to be watching CNN and drinking coffee. And as things began to unfold, we couldn't believe our eyes. Then the phone started to ring. And that's how much it affected us. No idea how it affected you. Cannot. any way, shape, or form, imagine. Now then, that's done and over with. But there are people out there hurting and wounded still, and you have a message to give them. And that message is, Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. 
I want you to glow with the fire divine like I'm glowing with the fire divine. I want to give you a chance at real living. I want to give you a chance at being not just happy, but being alive. When I became a Christian, I was alive for the first time in my life. I just told the, the group downstairs a little bit about it. You know, I took my wife to a dinner to show her that this Jesus stuff was all nonsense. And I came out of there a Christian. And it cost me 11, uh, 22 bucks in 1980. 22 bucks. I mean, my allowance was only $3 a week. At 4 o'clock in the morning, we were laughing and praying and reading Scripture. Have you forgotten your first love? Have you forgotten your first love, Jesus Christ? You know, this is life itself. Right here. God's Word written. God's Word written. God spake these words. We have them. And this is what we proclaim contained in these pages. Are you willing to be a witness? Are you willing to be a witness? Are you a lot? You lovely people back here. Willing to be witnesses or are you falling asleep yet? Good show. Well, you can tell. Yeah, there's one back here. There's one back here. I know. As I said earlier to the folks, being a witness implies something. Being a witness implies that you are willing to be a martyr. Oh, now, that's something new. I came here to get life. I didn't come here to say I was going to die for anybody. Or I'm not going to endure hardships just because, you know, the priest says we should. You all know the other St. Paul. You're just getting to know me. Lord, have mercy upon us. And what happened to that guy? What happened to St. Paul? Did he have an easy time? No. Who is a, a name of a, a, a famous um, television reporter? I don't know. I don't know the newscast. Tom Brokaw. Has he retired? Yeah. Was he a good guy? Okay, Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw is going to interview St. Paul. Right? Can you imagine? Okay. Uh, well, uh, good evening, St. Paul. It's good to have you here. Please come in and sit down. Well, thank you. But, but uh, uh, my name isn't Paul. It's Saul. Oh, okay. Well, minor detail. That's no problem. Tell us how you met the Lord Jesus Christ and what happened to you then. Oh, well, you see, I was on the way to this place called Damascus. And I, I really had it in for all these Christians, or these Anglicans, because everybody knows Jesus was an Anglican. Right, okay, got that straight. And he said, I was struck blind. You were struck blind? That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I was, I was struck, struck blind. Well, what happened next? Well, he said, there, there was this guy, Ananias, and he came to me and he laid hands on me, and I could see. I could see. You could really see? Yeah, I could really see. Wow. And then what happened? Well, um, actually, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you, but um, somebody wanted to kill me. And, and they, 
They lured me in a basket down outside the city walls there and set me free. And Wow, you've had an exciting life for Jesus. Well, it didn't end there. Now, I've been stoned. I've been beaten up. I've starved. I've been out in all kinds of weather. I've done all kinds of things. And I haven't had an easy life. But I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And we all know what happened to St. Paul later. So are you willing to go out there and get beaten up a little bit, verbally? Are you willing to go out there and have people tell you, ah, that, who needs religion this day and age? Huh? Man, that's old hat. Well, we're not talking about religion, we're talking about Christianity, and we're talking about Jesus Christ. Are you willing to go out there and glow with the fire divine and put yourself in a position where you can witness to others? Are you willing to do that? Because if you are not, this church will cease to exist. And the community will say, they were a nice group of people. They were a nice group of people. Now I know, and you know, deep down inside, we want to grow. And why do we want to grow? Well, we don't want to grow simply to say we're big. Right? And look what we have done. We have brought all these people. And no, the Lord has brought them in using you. We want to grow to be able to spread the good news. We are servants after all. It's not the paid people who are just the servants. They are paid not to be servants, but to lead the servants. Really. That's what they're there for. So we all then become servants and witnesses. Breathe on me breath of God. Fill me with life anew, being born again. Fill me with your spirit to overflowing. That I go out, heal the sick, bring sight to the blind, raise the dead, anything else he calls you to do and me to do as well. Jesus gave his life for me and for you. Will you give your life for somebody else? Would you just stretch a little bit and say, okay, yeah, Lord, I'll take one extra step for you. You're not alone if you do that. He's with you and me all the way. Now we can cover ourselves in all kinds of finery and do all kinds of things, but the need still remains. He's looking for you. He's counting on you. He died for you to be a witness to his saving grace and his love. Will you do it for him? Amen.